Welcome back, everyone, to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Definitely a different vibe altogether. There's not no powerful rock intro. Look, um, just like you guys, I'm kicking it back this offseason, soaking it all in. Um, it was uh, an interesting season, to say the least, right? Uh, we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks, but I wanted to start just taking a different tone with the podcast for the offseason. Um, obviously just because <laughs> there's no, there's no big game to get ready for. And, um, well, let's, let's be real, right? For the first time in about, I don't know how many months we're, we're all just kicking back and we're watching football as stressed. <laughs> Maybe we're hurting a little bit, but, um, look, it's, it's pretty cool to still be able to know that your team, obviously, like we talked about uh, last week was, you know, having a steady contender, a team that, you know, you can look forward to next year. And, you know, they have those superstars, they have those pieces in place. And, um, you know, now we're focusing on an t- entirely different aspect altogether, you know, with this, um, off season and there's a lot of players, but you know, you, you just wonder, are, are there going to be those players that really make a splash in the NFL outside of, you know, the top 20 in this draft, right? And, um, you know, we're going to be tackling that for a little while um, as we proceed throughout the rest of this, um, you know, off season on Buffalo Rumblings. And um, guys, thank you so much again for tuning in. Uh, so let's hop right into it. All right, so <laughs> it's been very interesting to see the feedback as far as who is going for the Bengals, who's going for the Rams in this Super Bowl. I, for one, I'm going for the Rams, um, not because I don't like Joe Burrow and I'm not rooting for the city of Cincinnati. And, you know, yeah, you have the whole, you know, big city with, you know, Los Angeles and all that. But it's really about who's at the helm of quarterback for me. Um, so I'm going to talk about one aspect and I'm going to talk about the other aspect, you know, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, and then we're going to obviously going to talk about, um, you know, the rest of what to look forward to this off season, but we got to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) so look, man, um, Matt Stafford for me, I have so much respect for him on how he's carried himself, uh, you know, throughout his entire career, how he respects the city of Detroit and, um, just don't feel like once he ever really, got out of line and, and did something to tarnish, you know, his character and who he is. And you look at a player like OBJ, like, yeah, say what you want about him, but man, (laughs) he's definitely no Antonio Brown. And, you know, I'm rooting for him too. You know, he, I definitely think he was very underutilized, um, for his entire career. I feel like you look at, you know, what happened with Eli Manning and then, um, you know, how that unraveled. And then you look at the situation with him going to Baker Mayfield and, I mean, who would have known it was Baker's fault, right? I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Of course it's Baker's fault. Um, OBJ is a superstar, has been a superstar, and it was so unfortunate to see him tear his ACL. I was always a fan of him from afar. I always wondered if the Bills were going to be able to you know, acquire him. You know, What would it cost? And then Cleveland just undercuts everyone, and it all worked out. You know, We ended up getting Stephon Diggs. But um, you know, that's, those are basically the two reasons. Um, why I'm going for the Rams. I don't really have any other reason else um, for that team, but I will say this about the Bengals. Okay. So (laughs) Joe Burrow in his second year and you have this defense that's playing really great. Um, You know, Jamar Chase with that connection, you know, it's, it's, it's so insane to see how things have transpired, but you just wonder what would have happened if the Bills faced the Bengals at Buffalo. We all believed that you know, the Bills would have had the edge there. But, you know, it's you got to give respect where it's due. I mean, they go into Arrowhead. They come back down 18 points and beat the Kansas City Chiefs, 
right? So you have to respect that. But here's the reason I don't want them to win, <laughs> okay, is because, man, is Josh Allen going to be looked at like number five or four on the list of top quarterbacks in the AFC. And it's going to be so stupid annoying to deal with that um, going into the next season because all they're going to talk about is how he did, how he did not get the job done. Um, which, you know, is obviously very unfair, but that's just how, that's how sports media is. And I feel like, you know, this was a year, this was a chance, you know, Brady gets knocked out, Aaron Rodgers gets knocked out and you have to face Mahomes again after beating him in the regular season. You don't execute, um, you know, it's heartbreaking. And you saw what Josh Allen said on Twitter, just pain. (laughs) I mean, for the love of God, I mean, to see the Bengals of all teams in the AFC, I promise you, no one but the Simpsons predicted this team to get in the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. Coming off a torn ACL, this guy literally has a Tom Brady story, and now we're going to have to hear about the new Joe Cool for the rest of this generation of quarterbacks because he got it done. He got to the Super Bowl. Yes, were there other factors at play? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, the reality of what's going on right now is, you know, the Bills, they have to recalibrate on a lot of levels. And, you know, that's something that I feel like talking about the offseason is going to be very loaded. We got into a little bit of it last week. But you look at, obviously, with what's going on in, um, you know, the offensive group. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting. You know, um, it's very cool still that the Bills can at least hang their hat on, hey, you know what, we won the AFC East again. And, you know, New England was full strength. Um, You know, Miami was too. The Jets are rebuilding. But uh, they got the job done. They can hang their hat on that. And you know what? Stephon Diggs and Deion Dawkins were at the Super Bowl. Or Super Bowl. Excuse me. Pro Bowl. (laughs) I wish they had the Super Bowl. Um, How do I know that? Well, yes, it was on TV. But I was was also there. And it was pretty dope to be there. Um, I talked about that last week. I had the opportunity to go, you know, to the worst game in the NFL season, but I thought it was pretty cool to at least be there and volunteer to see all the players and see how they kind of mingled and did their thing. I will say this, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs was, you know, all jokes, you know, and Deion Dawkins too, all jokes, all love with Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They have a lot of respect for each other. I was, I had the honor to like, uh, basically take over someone's position to be right at the end of literally the railing, uh, right behind the players there. And you, you could literally see them just talking with each other and just having a good time. But, um, you know, there's a lot of respect for, you know, these upper echelon players, you know, and, and what they have for each other. And, you know, uh, the bills have a superstar right at wide receiver. And for whatever people want to say, I mean, in, in the media's eyes, in the NFL players eyes, Deion Dawkins, is also a superstar. Um, to a lot of people, he's not. Uh, they think Spencer Brown is, but is on the way to, you know. But um, at the end of the day, there's there's a lot that we can take into going into this offseason, right? That's positive. So so that's the point I want to get into real quick. You know, there, there's a lot of positivity that is surrounding this team aside from the negativity. And we all saw, I don't know if you're able to um, some of you haven't, but there's that Sports Illustrated, um, uh, you know, interview with Josh Allen, and it was good to see him in good spirits. You know, I, I thought I was going to see him in a boot or in a sling because of him saying he wants to let his body heal, but lo <laughs> and behold, he's over in L.A. and he's doing interviews, he's taking pictures with people, he's taking pictures with you know Chad Ochocinco, you name it. But it just seems as though the team, 
at large is, you know, they're, 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 they're still encouraged, you know, they, they fell short, but it wasn't, I don't believe all for nothing, you know, this season. I think that's something that I've had to come to terms with, um, as a fan, but also watching football. It's like they had to go through this most likely to get to that next level. And it's crazy to say that, like, we, cause we feel like maybe they were at that next level, but, um, you know, there's a lot of young talent that still needs to, you know, come together. And you look at a guy in Gregory, Gregory Rousseau, a lot of moments in, um, his first season where, you just sense that he fit the mold of what they were requiring on defense. And I think it's a little bit unfair to ask a first year player to be an explosive defensive end or pass rusher coming off a season where the bills are expecting to then go into next season to win a Super Bowl. I I mean, we, we weren't able to sign JJ Watt, you know, you name it. There's so many names, but look, um, I'm encouraged with him. And, you know, I think that definitely affects how the Bills are going to draft. Personally, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I think they need to focus on the interior defensive line and the um, and the interior offensive line. I think that's something that is going to be a huge point of emphasis. I feel like, um, you know, definitely revamping those areas in a certain way that either brings more competition or, you know, brings more of an edge, whatever you need to get that extra oomph to really get to the quarterback. We're going to need that now. Um, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, keeping their eye on this kid from Georgia. He's a big boy. Uh, Jordan Davis, ladies and gentlemen, six foot six, 340 pounds. (laughs) Let that sink in for a second. Okay. As a behemoth and, um, not obviously because of his size, he draws attention, but you look at, you know, his very unorthodox movement on how he's able to get, get around, you know, one-on-one matchups. And I'll tell you right now, that's going to be something that the Bills need to be looking for big time in this draft. I feel as though it's easy to criticize. And we've talked about this in the past. It's almost like things are becoming redundant, but you know, it's because the bills haven't really filled the void, right? Um, they're relying on players that they've, you know, previously signed or players that they drafted to, you know, you know, come about and really fit the mold. And you look at Harrison Phillips, you know, starting to finally come into his own, um, you know, Ed Oliver, but you got to look at this guy as a potential replacement, not only to Harrison Phillips, possibly, um, with, you know, his, uh, you know, resigning on, you know, looming around the Buffalo Bills, but also with Star Latule. I mean, you get a guy like this in the building, problem solved. I mean, the, the, the guy is a behemoth. He fits, he fits the mold, I believe, of what the Bills need on defense. And also, it's a lot easier to grade these linebackers that are so stellar. You put, listen, you put Matt Milano on some other defenses this year, and I mean, he's an absolute pro bowler. And, you know, so is Tremaine Edmonds, right? Um, we know what these guys can do, but you, when they're demanded to, you know, just basically be a defensive lineman slash linebacker, you're asking for a lot. You're, you're, and you're begging for them to tear their pectoral. Like it happens. And that's what happened to, you know, Matt Milano. They're shedding blocks just to be able to, to get in position, number one, to stop and seal a gap on the run game. But then, you know, you look at also the pass rush, right? Uh, you talk about being able to rush four and get to the quarterback. And what happens if you get a gig, uh, you get a big guy like this demanding a double team, right? And he's able to just pressure and push the pocket back. And then you have Ed Oliver full steam ahead, one-on-one. You saw what happened last year. I mean, he really started coming to his own too. And then you got second-year player Greg Rousseau. Um, you know, here's here's something I'm going to say that I've really thought about it long and hard. I, I just think A.J. Epinesa, um, 
I think this is the year coming up right now where, I mean, it's do or die for his career in Buffalo. And it sucks to say that, but I think it was kind of unfair to him, in my opinion, demanding out of a second round pick to fit the bill for exactly, you know, what Buffalo needed. You know, straight out of Iowa, he was not, you know, he wasn't rated to be a game breaker. He was just a consistent guy that, um, you know, when you needed him to do something, he would do it to his best ability and sometimes he would shine. Most of the time he wouldn't. I mean, he would just kind of be run-of-the-mill kind of player. But, you know, I hate that, you know, we have to criticize AJ Epinesa like this, but it's 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 the truth, right? Like, right now the Bills are looking for someone that can just be an instant impact or at least a second-year impact player, at the least. And you look at Boogie Basham now. You look at Gregory Rousseau. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Jerry Hughes. I don't know what's going to happen with Mario Addison. I don't know what's going to happen with Starla Tulele. But, you know, if you're going to ask me, uh, GM Steve, what you would do, I think we need to address the middle of that defensive line and start to really beef it up because, um, you know, teams are getting even more and more unorthodox. And the only way to really stop them is to get four-man rush on the pass rush or, you know, get you know, push the offensive line back when they try to establish the run game. Um, however they may do it, you got to seal those gaps. And I feel like the bills have not done a very good job. Um, I think in the past two years on, you know, really sealing the gaps well and stopping the run. I think, um, they've been decent, but as far as being able to get over the hump, that's going to be something that's going to be huge. Now on the offensive, offensive side of the football, you know, you got to analyze like, okay, so where are we moving on? Well, everyone's talking about guard, obviously because of John Feliciano and the inconsistency we've gotten out of him and how things have kind of just flip-flopped around. We're talking about Ryan Bates now, though. Um, you know, are the Bills comfortable with who they have at offensive line? Is, you know, um, you know, Darrell Williams going to be the future at right tackle? You know, we know what Deion Dawkins is going to do, but then you got an aging, concussion-prone Mitch Morse. It's sucks to say that because I love Mitch Morris. I think he's great for Buffalo. Um, and I think that he's, he's, he's shined a lot. Um, and, and, you know, in his time in Buffalo, in my opinion, and you look at Spencer Brown, I mean, like he, you talk about a guy like what we have in Tennessee with Taylor Luan. I mean, that's our Taylor Luan, Spencer Brown. And, um, you know, you talk about being able to build this offensive line off of two pieces. You got Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown, and, um, (laughs) he can play anywhere. Um, you know, so, so that's something, but you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting. And it was also reported that the bills were, um, in talks with Lasia Smith, um, interior offensive lineman, he's a guard, (laughs) you know, uh, straight out of Virginia tech. And, um, this is what he had to say when he was interviewed. Really, really good combos. I feel like the Buffalo Bills did their homework on me. Yeah, they knew a good bit before I ever sat down, sat down with them. So um, I feel like that says something. I mean, that's just a guess. That, you know, it's just my, in my opinion. But um, hopefully, it means something. I hope so too. You know, it's been a long time since the Buffalo Bills had a stellar play from the interior offensive line. You look at, uh, you know, shout out my man Fina. Uh, he's always uh, doing off tackle on this channel with uh, Joe Miller. And I'll tell you, man, it's it'd be interesting to see the Bills get consistency out of this group. I feel like they've done so much already at every position. And I know everyone wants to also talk about the cornerback position. We can get there. I think the Bills were fine with Levi Wallace and Tredavious White. 
it's it is what it is. You know, what I mean? like if you're going to be harsh on Levi Wallace this season, you 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 need to do your homework. I'm sorry because the guy really played out of his mind. Um, I wanted to chime that in real quick, but look, the the offensive line. I feel like that's what's going to really help propel this offense into what it needs to be on a consistent basis. You look at that game against Jacksonville. It was atrocious, atrocious. Like, and, and they were just literally been able to just get to the quarterback at will. It doesn't matter if Joe Montana was back there making all the reads, if Tom Brady was back there making all the reads. Like, they were going to lose that game some way, somehow, with how many hits they were taking and how poor the offensive execution was. Um, that's just one example. There's so many times we looked at, you know, how the Bills were just inconsistent. It's like you're trying to figure out what it is. It was literally two things this whole season. You either weren't able to plug up the holes in the run game, right, with a defensive line, or you couldn't protect Josh Allen. And this guy right here, Lasita Smith, um, if you do your homework on him, I did a little bit, and I, I found out something that I think is going to be very beneficial. Number one, he's very twitchy. He's very quick at the point of attack. Uh, number two, he pulls like a guard should when the run game needs to get going. And that's something that the Bills have been lacking, right? You look at a guy like Devin Singletary, does not have that outside speed. But I'll tell you, in between the tackles, he is an absolute nightmare for people to deal with. And if we're going to see anything positive out of his play in the future, it's going to become, it's going to come directly from great guard play. It's not outside the tackles. We all know that. And, you know, the, you know that, that for me is something, especially if we're going to keep doing these design Josh Allen runs, we need to have guys like him that are developing in Buffalo. And, I mean, him with – I think he would be perfect. You know, I look at a guy like Ryan Bates, obviously, but I feel like he would be perfect. All right, so, so let's talk about the cornerbacks real quick because I know it's a hot topic and um, a lot of people are having, I guess, discouraging thoughts on – what the future holds. You know, you look at what's happening with Tredavious White and his torn ACL, a non-contact injury, right? Um, was it the turf? Was it just happenstance? Like, you know, there, there's so much that goes into it, you know, and uh, when I was talking with Banged Up Bills earlier in the year and, you know, we were talking about how tragic that, man, it was, a, it was, it was gut-wrenching. You knew. It's almost like everyone was a psychic at that point and they literally were able to foretell that once that ACL tore, it was going to affect the Bills' chances when they face Kansas City again. You just knew in your heart they were going to face Kansas City again. Sure as hell made a huge difference when we played when we played against Kansas City again. Now, no, there's no knock to Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson. Like they were called upon to literally stop Patrick Mahomes and also two future Hall of Famers in Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, call it what it is. These guys are unstoppable. Um, they're all Super Bowl champions. You know, I'm, they got Patrick Mahomes throwing them in the football. And you're asking a lot out of number one, Dane Jackson, filling huge shoes. And, you know, obviously Levi Wallace as well. Um, they did a great job. It's, it's tragic to see that they couldn't get one stop that was, you know, that that was that was terrible, you know. Just it was just terrible. I mean, you look at what the Bengals were able to do. But if we're gonna be honest about this, right? Um, yes, depth will be good, but you're not gonna get that instant impact guy. I think your instant impact guy next year is gonna be Dane Jackson. He has real deal potential. 
And, you know, I, I've, I'm still vouching for him. I don't care what anyone says. I really do believe that Dane Jackson, if for some reason the Bills want to move on from Levi Wallace, I think he can still do great in Buffalo. And I think Tredavious White is still going to play well, even after his torn ACL. Um, there's been, you know, uh, uh, you know, tons of players that have come back from this. You look at OBJ, um, you know, you talk about being able to move your hips, being able to move your legs, being able to, you know, stop and go. He's one of those players that you, you know, he shows you, you can come back from that injury. If you rehab correctly, you look at, you know, what happened with Harrison Phillips. I mean, there's a lot of players you have to, it's a hard, um, you know, injury to come back from, but I will tell you, uh, you know, I have a lot of faith in him, in his ability, in his in his work ethic, and I definitely believe that the Bills are going to be just fine at cornerback. Do does getting cornerback um, depth help? Yeah, absolutely, it helps. But I don't know. Like you got to also look at the wide receiver position again, because Emmanuel Sanders is contemplating retirement, right? So I want to get away from the cornerbacks now because I, you know, there. <laughs> what else can you say? Um, I mean, they they played well against New England. They did a great job. And then we go against Kansas City at Kansas City. And it was a shootout. Like, it would have been a different game with that with our defense against a team like the Bengals. We all know that. It's just Kansas City's an absolute nightmare with the passing game. Um, but, you know, you talk about being able to go toe-to-toe again with a team, you know, like Kansas City. Uh, you need to keep that you need to keep that gun, you know, stocked and full, man, reloaded as much as you can with as many offensive weapons as you can get. Um, and if we're talking about the draft, you know, I will say, uh, I think there's another wide receiver position wide open, right? You got Stefan Diggs. If we're looking at, if we're going to be real about next year, it's going to be Stefan Diggs, wide receiver one, Gabe Davis, wide receiver two. And yes, little dirty wide receiver three. Wide receiver four is going to be Cole Beasley. And it's hard, you know, to, to interchange them, but I really do believe that the offense is moving in that direction. I really do believe that's what's happening because of the youth. And they need to start looking into someone that can, you know, take the Bills, you know, into just just elevate. Uh, you know, the play in that in that position. I mean, because look, what's going to happen next year, we, we already know. They're going to test Gabe Davis with, you know, certain cornerbacks. And then you got you, you already know what's going to happen with Stephon Diggs, double team, triple team, you name it. But, uh, you know, they do that, but then you look at a situation with, look at what happens when Isaiah McKenzie gets open across the field. I mean, he had a field day against one of the greatest defenses in the NFL, right? So, you look at the wide receiver position, you know, who's available, who can fit the mold for the Buffalo Bills. Well, I'll tell you who. Christian Watson out of North Dakota State hitting the gritty. I was watching him play one time, and uh, it was very interesting, man, just to see, you know, his 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 swag on the field. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's something that, you know, the Bills can use. Uh, you know, they're, they're always relying on Stephon Diggs and, you know, Gabe Davis to dance around. Like, we need more of that, man. We need and you got the salsa dance from Isaiah McKenzie, but come on, Isaiah, if you're listening, man, come on, man. You gotta do a different dance. I mean, you're not no Victor Cruz, all right. You're listening loud and clear. You know, you gotta make up a different dance. You gotta learn how to do the gritty. Uh, do the worm. Do something different, man. I'm just saying this guy right here. <laughs> this guy right here, man. Um I really think that he can do really well for the Buffalo Bills. He has an it factor with the deep ball. And also, I like what he's able to do on the jet sweeps. They use him in multiple different ways in their offense. And um, I think a lot of people, they, 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 they look a little too deep into the whole 
oh, you know, they got to play at top talent schools in order to get recognized, in order to be able to show that they can, you know, play in the big leagues. But there have been plenty of players, even at the quarterback position, and the quarterback position is the most important position that have played at really, you know, not well-known schools or, you know, lower division, whatever you want to call it. But fact of the matter is not every player that plays at Alabama becomes an all-star. Not every player that plays at LSU becomes an all-star. Sometimes, those player go, some players just go to different schools so that way they're able to get the role that they feel they deserve, whether if it's being wide receiver one or QB one. Um, some players just want to get, you know, they just want, they just want a contract somewhere, man, just to show what they can do. Um, and you look at a guy like Josh Allen, you know, um, you know, look back in the, you know, look at the last draft with Trey Lance. Um, you know, a lot of situations where a lot of players get overlooked, but, I'm looking at this kid and it just feels as though he has the potential to be a superstar. He's a big kid, you know, real strong, um, you know, very, you know, very speedy, very streaky, uh, you know, good on the sidelines, uh, you know, one-on-one coverage. I like him. I, I think, I think just with the way North Dakota state, you know, runs their offense, it's, it's very, very, uh, Brian Dayball-ish, you know? So uh, I just have this feeling if they get a chance to maybe get this guy, you know, I would say third or fourth round. I definitely think, I definitely think you snag him. Um, look, we believe Gabe Davis can do well. I think he has, he's great at executing a game plan when called upon, but let's be honest too. Um, as great as he can be, some of those great moments came from superstars not being on the field. We need guys who can match up against these guys as well. Um, no knock to Gabe, but you know, hopefully he takes that next step next year. That's what everyone's expecting. But you know, uh, going into this season, I, I expected that. I was like, okay, well, there's no no one's getting signed, and boom, we signed Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm just kind of looking left and right. I guess the coaching staff doesn't believe Gabe Davis is ready to, you know, bear the weight of wide receiver too. Okay. But is this going to be the year? And if it is, maybe we need to draft a guy like this. Um, definitely uh, recommend checking up, uh, you know, reading up on this guy, really looking at, you know, some of his highlights, some of his tape. Um, I think he's a very interesting prospect. And then last but not least, I know it's going to sound a little crazy. It kind of sound, you know, it kind of sounds a little weird. Like, why are you saying this, Buff Hub? Like, what's wrong with you, dude? But look, the Baltimore Ravens were smart in taking a quarterback similar to Lamar Jackson and sitting him behind Lamar. And you saw what happened with Lamar. And I'm not trying to, you know, knock on wood right now, guys. I'm not saying this just, you know, I'm, I'm superstitious a little bit. You know, I'm a little stitious, whatever. Um, fact is this. Josh Allen takes a lot of hits. All it takes is one hit to take you out for a couple of weeks the wrong way. We can't have this situation of a guy like Mitchell Trubisky running this offense trying to carry us at least into a division win, going into the playoffs to let Josh Allen play again. It can happen. That happens all the time, right? And 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 you look at what happened with like Baker. You know, Baker Mayfield got mangled this you know last season. As much as people want to rave about his offensive line, look at that. So you know, I I really do think, and I, that's in part to Baker too. <laughs> I, I understand, but fact is this, man. Um, quarterbacks get injured. Uh, quarterbacks then can lose a step and you need a guy who can step in and really fit the mold of what the Buffalo Bills are demanding out of their quarterback, right? So um, we'll see what Ken Dorsey wants to call next year. You know, is he going to be, you know, less quarterback run heavy and more run heavy and try to really pull those guards and execute a game plan like that to then stretch out the field? Or is he just going to say, Josh Allen, sling the hell out of the football and if not, make things happen with with your legs? 
it's going to be interesting. Is he going to be more aggressive, more conservative? Um, are we going to be praying for Brian Dable to get fired to come back? Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, I do wish Brian Dable the best. I think he did a good job for us, but, uh, you know, we'll see what Ken Dorsey does. But look, guys, you know, these were just a couple of guys that I, you know, I was, I was just pondering about this week. And, um, look, you know, it, we're going to sit here and, and we're going to wonder watching the Super Bowl or most likely not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> Some of you will um, not be watching it. You know, we're going to be sitting here and wondering, you know, what are the Bills going to look like next year? And the good news is they still have every key piece. And we're in a position right now where we're competing for championships. And it's it's a matter of seeing... Uh, as much as oh we we need we need to get this guy we need to get that guy we also need to see what other teams are doing you saw what happened with Kansas City the minute that they saw there was a chink in their armor they went out and signed a guy to help bolster their defensive line it was enough against the Bills but was not enough against the Bengals which was very wild to see that but uh, you know the Bills know what they need to fix. They know where they need, where they need to fill the void. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to do that. But yeah, next, next week, guys, um, you know, I want to get into the free agency side of things. I'm interested to see what the bills are trying to do with that. But thanks again for tuning in on buff up a Buffalo rumblings podcast during this off season and enjoy the rest of your weekend and go bills. <laughs>